As we continue in Hosea, scripture is from Hosea 9 today. Do not rejoice, Israel. Do not be jubilant like the other nations. For you have been unfaithful to your God. You love the wages of a prostitute at every threshing floor. Threshing floors and wine presses will not feed the people. The new wine will fail them. They will not remain in the Lord's land. Ephraim will return to Egypt and eat unclean food in Assyria. They will not pour out wine offerings to the Lord, nor will their sacrifices please him. Such sacrifices will be to them like the bread of mourners. All who eat them will be unclean. This food will be for themselves. It will not come into the temple of the Lord. What will you do on the day of your appointed feasts, on the festival days of the Lord? The days of punishment are coming. The days of reckoning are at hand. Let Israel know this, because your sins are so many and your hostility so great, the prophet is considered a fool, the inspired man a maniac. The prophet, along with my God, is the watchman over Ephraim, yet snares await him on all his paths and hostility in the house of his God. They have sunk deep into corruption, as in the days of Gibeah. God will remember their wickedness and punish them for their sins. When I found Israel, it was like finding grapes in the desert. When I saw your fathers, it was like seeing the early fruit on the fig tree. But when they came to Baal Peor, they consecrated themselves to that shameful idol and became as vile as the thing they loved. Thank you, brother. Well, good morning. I was in Boston several weeks ago. We were there for a uh, great uh, lacrosse tournament that my oldest son was invited to. And we were out on a uh, beautiful sunny day uh, celebrating, having a great time as a family, watching uh, Caleb uh, play some great lacrosse. And, and it was just a wonderful day in the Lord. And uh, we couldn't have been happier. And all of a sudden, right in the middle of the games... Our phones, all around us, all the parents who were watching, started to go off. The sky is as clear as can be. It's absolutely a beautiful day. Let me show you the first thing that came on our phone. Flash flood warning in this area. Avoid flood areas. Now, we got this, and we're all looking, and we're talking to each other. We're looking up into the sky... And we were like the people who were laughing at Noah, going, you got to be kidding. And so we kept on playing, and everybody's having a great time. And then about ten minutes later, look what comes. Flash flood warning again. Now it's extended until six. Before it was till eleven. Avoid flood areas. We're still looking up in the sky and looking at each other. And we're still playing and enjoying the day. And then all of a sudden, it starts to rain a little bit. Very lightly, like a cloud out of nowhere shows up. And it starts to rain just a touch. And again, we, we mocked Noah. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it came. The clouds and the sky became dark 
It started to pour rain like I've never seen. Lightning started to hit like unbelievable, like the other night that we had here. And so all of a sudden, as we were laughing at Noah, we're starting to run to our cars to try to get to safety. And as we're running in, then the final alert goes off. Look what it says. Tornado warning in this area. Take shelter now. And so we're right in the middle of it. Again, we didn't believe it. So we're sitting in the car. It's, it's just, it, you know, your windshield wipers can't go fast enough. We're in a parking lot at a big park with thousands of people. And it's like, what do you do? So I look around, I kind of roll down the window, I look around, and I realize we have like an electric pole here, we have a big pine tree here, I'm all, honey, we need to at least move, you know, because these are going to come down. Lightning is hitting our parking lot, and literally just rattling the cars, and it was powerful and loud, and you couldn't see, and I was scared. I was scared. Never experienced anything like it. So then, <laughs> then Kina's getting satellite. And she's all trying to see where, uh, where the, the hurricane, where the tornado is coming from. And she goes, Rod, according to the, to the map thing here, uh, it's actually coming our way. It's about, it's about a quarter mile down the road, and it's headed this direction. And sure enough, in our area, the winds were kicking up. Trees were literally being uprooted. And so we started to move. And I'm like, honey, tell me, tell me where to go. You know, she's, she's going, well, listen, uh, Let's go, let's go this way because it's coming from over here. So we get out of the parking lot again. People are panicking. Kids are still running off the field. Nobody believed it could happen. And we're, we're running over, and we start, to, we start to work our way out of the park. But what we have to do is we have to go downhill a little ways, and then we have to take a right and go up uh, to try to get away. Now, did I mention the flash flooding? So whenever you have to go downhill, that's where water tends to go. So we're driving down, and then we have to take a right uphill. And you ever seen fish upstream? That's what we were. We were fish upstream. The water is pouring down this road. I wasn't sure if we were going to actually make it up this road because it's coming powerfully. And we make it just enough uh, up the road. Uh, to get to a place. Now we're driving away from the hurricane. Still, the winds are swirling around us. Trees are falling everywhere. I mean, truly, they're being uprooted and out. And I'm like, we're going to die. We're going to die. I, I don't know what to do. And, and then this is what happens. This is what happens. Right in the middle, Kena's like, okay, we need to go this way. We need to go this way. All of a sudden, you have lost satellite connection. <laughs> we're like, we need satellite connection. <laughs> what do you mean we've lost satellite connection? It was gone. We, were, we had no idea where to go. We didn't know what we were doing. We're scared. All of this is happening around us. We're begging God for satellite connection, and we have none. And so I look up, I look up over the waves a little bit, and we can't keep going because trees, again, are up. They're blocking the road. And so there's this little strip mall, and there in the distance, there it is, Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts. So I'm like, honey, we're going to Dunkin' Donuts. So we go to Dunkin' Donuts. And I figure we get in there, and I'm like, if we're going to die, you know, we're going to die with a donut in our mouth. You know? As my buddy said to me uh, when I told him the story, he said, you're going to die holy, you know? Uh, yeah. 
Thanks, Michael Turner, for that one. We lost satellite connection. We didn't know where we were going. We were scared to death. All the time, God had been giving us warning through these uh, messages on our phone. And we laughed at Noah. This is what Hosea is a lot about. It's God giving us warning. It's God showing us where we're headed astray. Giving us signs to realize that we are disconnected. That we have lost satellite connection with God. And I hope this chapter this morning, chapter 9, will give us some indications. Will we'll send us some things to our phone that will say, you've lost satellite connection. It's time to come back. It's time to come back. And let's pray for that this morning. Father, we want to stay connected. And, Lord, sometimes we just wander off and we get away from you and you try to draw us back. And so, Father, I, uh, I pray that you'll do that with us this morning. If we are wandering sheep, uh, would you draw us back? Although it may be through some strong, uh, strong actions against our sin and our disobedience, uh, we want to be drawn back. And we thank you for those times that uh, you warn us uh, to help us realize our sin against you. So, Father, thank you for Hosea. Uh, Minister to us this morning, I pray. Uh, Help us to maintain uh, satellite connection with you, Father. In your precious name, amen. Well, let me me remind you of where we've been. because I think sometimes in the summertime you're kind of hit and miss like all of us are and we're traveling. And, and again, Hosea is kind of a challenging, hard book uh, that we've been going through. It really does deal with our sin and God's uh, judgment upon that and yet, uh, and yet what he's doing to draw us back. Gomer, the prostitute, is purchased, is married by Hosea. But she continues to go out in her harlotry and be with others. And that reflects the nation of Israel who's going out and looking for others to love and to be loved by. To reflect the nation of Israel is going out after other lovers and gods and idols. Yet God in his relentless pursuit of love for his bride, he tries to draw Israel back. He tries to draw us back. This time, in Hosea, it's not necessarily with sweet words, but with powerful, bold love that allows the consequences of sin to play out so that Israel would repent, so that we would repent and draw near to Yahweh, I Am, the God who purchased us, who loves us, the God who delivered Israel out of Egypt, the God who blessed them. Hosea 3 says, The Lord said to me, Hosea proclaims, Go show your love to your wife again. She is loved by another man and is an adulteress. Love her as the Lord loves the Israelites, though they turn to other gods. 
and they love sacred raisin cakes. Hosea 3. As we journey, in our, in our faith journey, as we try to walk in obedience with the Lord, yet as we wander off sometimes, are we, are we loving other gods? And when that starts to happen, God sends to our phones messages. Signs that we've wandered off the grid. Signs that we have lost satellite connection. And one of the first things that we see in Hosea chapter 9, one of the first things that you can start to take notice in yourself and to help you understand, have I wandered off the grid? Have I lost satellite connection? Is that we lose joy. We lose joy. Look what he says in Hosea 9. Do not rejoice, O Israel. Do not be jubilant like the other nations. For you've been unfaithful to your God. You love the wages of a prostitute at every threshing floor. Threshing floors and the wine press will not feed the people. There is no joy. There is the death of joy. It's not the pursuit of happiness. We don't have that deep-seated joy that God can only give. Joy that we are right with God. Joy that we have full life in Him. That there is real love, agape love, that only God can give. We lose it. And we're meant to experience joy. The Israelites were intended to have joy, to celebrate God's goodness. You know, we were at the wedding last night of Ben and Ray Lynn, and, and uh, I was just reminded last night at that celebration, and it's this way at, at pretty much almost every wedding you go to. But it's just this deep-seated joy. You know, as they shared about why they loved each other, as they were covenanted together in Christ, as at the, at the reception, as they talked about each of the people involved in their life, and as they talked about one another, the whole evening was just filled with joy. It's meant to be that way as people of God. This fellowship, this communion, these beautiful celebrations of the covenant of marriage and how important that is to God, that's joy. That's just not a fleeting happiness. It's joy. The Israelites were were meant to celebrate the harvest in the the Torah. They were commanded to go and celebrate God's goodness and His faithfulness and what He brought to you. And all of that celebration that was meant to be focused on God got defiled in the, in the threshing floors where the, all the grain was, that God had provided an abundance. What was happening, what it's saying in the Scriptures, that you love the wages of the prostitute, is here was all of this, this great harvest, and again we were to go out and celebrate, and then the prostitutes would come, and, and those who had done all the threshing, they would sleep in the, in the barn area, in the area where they were doing that, to protect it. And the prostitutes would come in the middle of the night knocking at the door. They knew they were there. And so everything that was good was defiled. And a loss of joy. That was all meant to be celebrated in God and goodness, and you're trying to find joy somewhere else, and it's fleeting, and it's death of joy. It actually brings incredible pain. And then he says the wine is not going to bring you joy. 
all throughout Scripture, all throughout Scripture, wine is a symbol of joy. It just is. It's at all the celebrations. Not to be drunk on wine, but it, it reflects joy. He's saying, you're not going to have any of that. That's not going to satisfy you. It's going to be gone. Is your phone buzzing saying you've lost joy? You've lost satellite connection with God. I bring you great news, great joy. A Savior's been born. That's real joy. And you can have it in Christ Jesus. But when you start to get the warning, you start to know, I've lost satellite connection because God is a God of joy in our lives. Here's what we see. Here's another buzzing of our phones. In verse 3, he says, They will not remain in the Lord's land, but Ephraim will return to Egypt, and in Assyria they will eat unclean food. Now, Ephraim is often uh, brought out as another name for Israel. You've been seeing that word uh, all throughout Hosea. And it's another name for Israel. Now, Israel, uh, Ephraim, was Joseph's son. Joseph, son of Jacob. Ephraim was Joseph's son. Ephraim had a brother, Manasseh. And they wanted him to go be blessed by Jacob. And what happened was... Manasseh was the older, but Jacob blessed Ephraim and said, this is going to be the son who's going to be fruitful. This is the one who's going to be greater than. And all throughout the scriptures, we see that his name means one that comes out of affliction or out of the, ha- out of the ash heap, but is doubly blessed. It's one who rises up, but is blessed out of the struggle. And in the scriptures, you'll find that the northern kingdom of Israel is often referred to as Ephraim. Okay? So when you see that, just know it's speaking of Israel. Speaking of Israel. Who at one point was Jacob, if you remember. Israel, he who strives with God. You are going to remain not in the Lord's land, but now you're going to return to Egypt. Here's here's the second... Here's the second warning. Here's the second buzzing on our phone that we've lost satellite connection. We end up back in bondage. That's what You're going back to Egypt. That was a place of bondage. You were caught up. You couldn't get out. You were trapped and snared. You were stuck again. Have you found yourself where you're stuck again? These sins that that in the power of Christ you had had victory over, and now all of a sudden you're right back there at that same place, deep in the mud and mire, and you can't get out. You've lost satellite connection because you have the power of the Holy Spirit as followers of Jesus Christ. You have victory over sin as followers of Jesus Christ. And you have cleansing from sin You know one of the ways we have joy? Because we're cleansed from sin. The buzzer's going off, saying you've lost satellite connection, and you're getting stuck again. Soren Kierkegaard, who was that great Danish philosopher, he's wrote lots of 
wonderful stories about reflecting Christ. He, he tells us a children's story about a goose who was wounded. He was flying and he was wounded. He ended up landing in a barnyard and, and he was surrounded by a bunch of chickens. And so he's hanging out with the chickens and he played with the chickens and he ate with the chickens and after a while the goose thought he was a chicken. And then one day a flight of geese came over. They were migrating home. And the geese gave their honk way up in the sky. And there was something within that goose that was like, that's where I belong. And so he started to to flap his wings and he got a running start and he started to get up in the air just a little bit. He's like, ah, too much. And so he landed back down in the barnyard and he stayed in the mud with the chickens. Stuck. He couldn't get back flying. And he didn't really want to. Kind of wanted to stay where he was at. That's what happens when we lose satellite connection. We want to stay in our sin. We don't want to deal with God. And yet we miss all of life because we're stuck. Every sin that we do separates us a little more each time by, with God. And that's why he's like, repent. I'm quick to forgive, but draw near. Have you fallen back into a sinful lifestyle and you're trying to fly out, but you're stuck? And God is saying, call out to him and repent. Be made right again. And you will fly again. You're meant to be a goose flying, not a chicken. You will return to Egypt, the warning is. But God is calling us to enter the promised land. And yet Egypt is the place we're heading towards. So we turn back to the promised land. The third thing that goes off where we realize that we've lost satellite connection is we we start to miss the pleasure of the Father. We miss the pleasure of the Father. Look what it says, verses 4 and 5. They will not pour out drink offerings of wine, again, that was joy, to the Lord. Their sacrifices will not please Him. Their bread will be like mourner's bread, which is half-baked, and all who eat of it will be defiled. Their bread will be for themselves alone. It will not enter the house of the Lord What will you do on the day of the appointed festival and on the day of the feast of the Lord? You see, what was happening, and this happens to us, they're dabbling in both. You know, it's not not necessarily like, to heck with you, God, we want nothing to do with you. It's, God, we want a little bit to do with you, but we also want a lot to do with these idols. So they're, they're playing both fields. He's saying, you're coming and you're bringing all of this, but you are not receiving the pleasure of the Father. And this is not worship. We are disconnected. We have lost satellite connection when we are worshiping other gods. And what's going to start to happen in our soul is we'll realize we don't have the pleasure of the Father. Because here's what's true of each and every one of us, and you know it. 
We long to please the Father. Long to please the Father. My kids all the time, and even my oldest one, who's 16, he, I, I mean, they'll be out, just the other day, Alex is out, and I'm working, I'm studying, and Alex like, Dad, come on, come look at this shot. You know, he's a lacrosse player too. Look at the shot I've been working on. And I'm still studying. I mean, your kids do this to you, right? Dad, Dad, you know, come, Mom, come look. They want the pleasure. They want us to to watch and to see. And they want us to go, well done. Excellent. Keep it up. Proud of you. We we long for that. When we bring our worship to to the Lord, we're like, Lord, I, I hope this is holy and pleasing unto you. A sacrifice that is pleasing unto you. We long for the pleasure of the Father. What if Josh came in and, and he's like, Dad, look at this basketball shot I'm making and, and, and it's just, I've been working on it. And What do you think? And what if I, as a father, and as I'm watching, I'm like, whatever. Whatever. Wouldn't that crush your kid? This is what goes on in our soul when we start to disconnect from our God. And we lose the pleasure of the Father because we're worshiping other gods. And you start to experience that. It's the warning sign. Your phone is buzzing. You are disconnected right now. Stop playing both fields. And come and receive the pleasure of God as He forgives you, as He cleanses you. And come, like we had communion this morning. There's a reason Christ died. Because we're a mess. And we need a Savior. And now come and receive the pleasure of the Father. You are right with God. You can have life in Him and joy and experience His pleasure. Like Adrian read this morning, and the psalmist cries out, Oh, better is one day right in your presence than a thousand elsewhere. Better is one day experiencing your pleasure and your joy and, and, and worshiping you than a thousand elsewhere. That's what our souls, that's what we are created for. To be in the presence of God. The fourth thing I see in this passage where all of a sudden our phones are telling us we've lost satellite connection is the loss of discernment, verse 7. It says, the prophet, the one who is speaking truth, is the fool. He's the fool. Spirituality will seem like lunacy. Anything that is right and good and of God and pure is going to seem like craziness. And then everything that's crazy and bad and opposite of God is going to seem like a good thing. We've lost our discernment. The phone is buzzing away. You see... I mean, don't we see this right now? I was just reading a big uh, USA Today uh, article. And it's saying, it's saying uh, pot for fun stores are opening up. Pot for fun. Not the medical use anymore. Pot for fun stores. And it was talking about Washington. And then it's, it's uh, uh, interviewing people. And this one gal, she's, her and her friend actually were from out of town. They were just visiting a friend. And they, they realized pot for fun stores were opening up. So they were standing in line with thousands of people. And the interview was this, hey, you know, how'd you end up here? What's this all? Oh, we are, this is what it says. We are so happy to be here on this historic occasion and to be able to partake in this incredible event. 
Isn't there a reason we've been fighting drugs for hundreds of years? Because we know the damage that it does. We know that it's a gateway drug to more and more damage. The decline of society is just going to go more and more and more. Hey, Israel, you're declining. You're declining because you have no discernment anymore. You've lost satellite connection with what is good and what is true and what is right with God, and you're living in lunacy. And, and, and Hosea's coming to you, and he's bringing you truth about what's going on, and you're like, you're a fool, Hosea. And so are the other prophets, Isaiah and all those guys. They're fools. And you know what? We're fools when dear friends come to you and when they say, you know what? It doesn't seem like what you're doing in your life right now is is following God. Because I know you're a follower of Jesus Christ and I don't see in the scriptures that this is being obedient to Jesus Christ. And if you're saying to those friends who are coming to you, whatever, or you're a fool, or don't tell me that, then you're the fool. And you've lost satellite connection with God. He's trying to draw you back in his relentless pursuit of you. Everything about Israel was starting to walk away, was starting to be disconnected. They weren't listening to truth. Consequence number five, or loss of satellite connection number five, is we lose our identity. Look at verse 10. And this is, you've got to understand God's heart for us and for Israel. I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. Now, let me tell you, I've been to Israel. You're not finding grapes in the wilderness. Do you understand how refreshing and how beautiful that sight would be? Here's what God is saying about Israel. I found you, Israel, my beloved, I found you like grapes in the wilderness. That never happens. That was such a joy to me. You are a joy to me, and, and life and beauty. I saw your forefathers as the earliest fruit of the fig. That's the most tasteful, that's the, the most wonderful. The fig tree in its first season. This is the joy, this is the love that God has for his children. And we, we've lost our identity. We forget who we are in Christ. And we've lost our satellite connection when we forget who we are. Beloved. Beloved. If there's one word you need to know about who you are as a follower of Jesus Christ, it's beloved. That's all you need to know. And now in Hosea, God's relentless, persistent love pouring out on his people. Draw back near to me. Draw near to me. Everything about Israel was meant to be fruitful. It was meant to produce and bring life and have joy and closeness. But like Hosea's relationship, that cherished relationship with Gomer, how quickly it was broken, that's what we see with Israel. All of a sudden it's broken and it's finished. And they choose Baal Peor. They choose a life of idol worship. The phone is buzzing. It's saying you've lost connection. And now God is going to speak 
to when you lose connection with me, shame starts to pour out all over you. When you start to experience shame, heavy shame, it's a recognition that you've lost connection with God because God is not a God of shame. Not upon His children who are following Him. He lists, he starts to list all these cities, Gibeah and Belpeor and Gilgal. These are all cities, when they hear this, this is just shame, shame, shame. It's awful. Gibeah was that awful city where, where the visitors came in and all of a sudden the city people wanted to basically have sexual relations with one of the Levites. And instead they send out a concubine and they attack her physically kill her, and it's, it's shame upon Israel. Shame. Belpeor, Gilgal, those were places that were meant to be places of worship, and they became absolute idol worship. Pagan, 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 absolutely the grossest, most disgusting things you could think of happening in these places that were meant to be honoring to God. And so shame is pouring out. It's like if you were to mention one word, one word to Brazil, Germany. Do you know how that feels for a Brazilian? Germany. That'll be shame for the rest of their life. The, the paper had a picture of the goalie, and he's, he's in the net, and it's, he's hanging on the net, the backside of the net, and his head is down. And the, the headline said, Pride before shame. Pride before shame. Israel was prideful. But they lost satellite connection with God and now shame was pouring out upon them. And they were never intended to have that shame on them. In God there is joy and there's life and there's forgiveness. And for us who live in the new covenant... Jesus Christ and with the Holy Spirit and dwelt by the Holy Spirit, God delivers us from shame and guilt. He's taken that. As we turn to Him, as we repent, as we follow Him as our Lord and Savior, God takes that shame and guilt. And so your phone will be going off and it will be saying shame and you'll go, I've lost connection with God because that's not who my God is. The other thing we see in in verses 14 through 16 is a falling birth rate. It says this in verse 12, "At, At Ephraim their glory will fly away like a bird, no birth, no pregnancy, no conception. Though they bring up their children, yet I will bereave them until not one man is left. Woe to them indeed when I depart from them. Ephraim, as I have seen, is planted in a pleasant meadow like Tyre, but Ephraim will bring out his children for slaughter. And then Hosea is going, Lord, what, what should be the consequence? What should I tell them? What, what, what do we want for them? Give them, O oh Lord, he's talking. Give them, what will you give, Lord? Give them a miscarrying womb and dry breast. Why? Because God's judgment upon a people who have walked away from God is strong. And Hosea is going, I don't want a next generation of kids to go through this. 
it would be better that the womb would be dry. There's a falling birth rate. There's spiritual death. We die in our souls. When we, when we disconnect from God and when we choose to live for ourselves and when we choose to walk away from God, there is a spiritual death. It's like the prodigal, you know, he's in the pig soup and he, he's experiencing spiritual death and he far, finally starts to realize, oh, there's more than this. I have a father at home. I, I have had a satellite disconnection, but I want to be back. There's more than that. There's spiritual death. There's no rejuvenated life. There's no, there's no baptisms. It's not like Acts chapter 8 where Philip is, Philip is having an incredible ministry and he's baptizing everybody left and right. And people are coming to Christ and there's spiritual life. That's what we're intended for. But when we're disconnected from God, when we choose to rebel, to walk away, our spiritual life just dries up. And spiritual fruit doesn't happen. There's a failing birth rate. And in the church, it's a warning for us. Are we seeing new life? Are we seeing baptisms? Are we seeing people who are coming to know Jesus Christ? Because God is, is living through you, and you're having an opportunity to, to love people and to share the love of Jesus Christ. We're to be a fruitful people and draw near Him. And the final thing I see is that, this is the final verse, is that we are cut off. We're wandering. It's a, it's a sense of, of really being lost. It's like a child in a grocery store who all of a sudden lost the hand of his mother and now is scared to death. Where am I? He's saying you end up wandering. When you are disconnected from God, it becomes like us who were trying to figure out the storm and all of a sudden it says, you are disconnected. And the amazing fear that comes into our life because of that. But the Lord wants us connected with Him. That's this whole thing of Hosea. It's strong on sin. It's strong on dealing with sin. But it all comes around to God's persistent love. Draw back near to me. I'm giving you warnings when you're starting to disconnect. So repent and draw back. And that's Jesus is saying. Remain in the vine. Remain in the vine. I am your life source. If you remain in me, you will bear much fruit. This is the life I have for you. And so, cling on, hold on, remain. Let me tie you into the vine. And let's have life in Christ together. Let's pray. Father, I just uh, I thank you for your word. I thank you for Hosea. Again, it's strong. And it's it's hard. Uh, even teaching this book is hard because it's uh, it deals a lot with our sin, and we don't like to hear about it all the time. But we need to, and we need to to realize when we're getting disconnected. And so, Father, help us. Help us through the power of your Holy Spirit. And Father, forgive us for our sin. We as a body repent. And we want to turn back to you. And thank you for your son, God. Thank you for Jesus who died on the cross and has forgiven us and given us life in you. Amen.